Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. Hello. Todd. Hi, Rick. Hi, friends. Well, listen, you know, we are in the middle of some, some current events that are really creating some, uh, some racial tension. And I got some friends on Facebook. I'm looking through their posts, and they're like, hey, I'm not seeing any folks that are normally pretty active on social media, my white friends. I'm not seeing them be active. Uh, and we want, to be, we want to talk about it. And so the question is, how should a Christian respond to the Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, it's a great uh, question and one that um, I know a lot of people respond by saying, well, of course they matter, but all lives matter. And, you know, that's, that is a normal and immediate response. But when you say that, you're missing the point. And I think I'd have been guilty of missing the point, too, until I sat down with some of my friends that, um, you know, had studied and, and talked a lot about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. They happened to be black, uh, one of them I was privileged to sit in a room with Micah Edmondson, who was his PhD in Martin Luther King's Theology of Redemptive Suffering. And Micah uh, did a great service to a group of us. It was actually, you know, uh, with my friends at the Gospel Coalition, a small gathering. And, and Micah just shared with us a little bit about that in a way that I think helped us all be able to represent what the Black Lives Matter movement wants us to do. So let me just say this. You know that I care a lot about the unborn. And so when I say un born lives matter, what, what are you going to say to that? Are you going to go, hey man, all lives matter? Well, of course, okay? When I say unborn lives matter, I'm not saying that living lives don't. But I'm trying to contextualize it, let you know, hey, there's a real injustice that has been happening that's systematic to unborn children, okay? And, um, and I want to I highlight that. I want to I talk about that. I want to bring that into the public square because in our society, even today, it is okay to harm, damage, kill, destroy, treat as unhuman, unborn people. And, um, and what you're hearing a lot from our black community is uh, that, hey, listen, what you guys don't understand is there is systematic uh, mistreatment of us. Uh, not every black person is, is uh, treated poorly, but it is true. Uh, Mike is a 34-year-old PhD. And he said, Todd, I don't get to go out at night at 9.30 at Walmart without my wife saying, can you wait till the morning? I don't want you to go out and get pulled over and someone treats you, not like a Ph.D. reformed pastor, but like a black man driving a car at 9.30 at night. He said, I'm going to be treated differently. My friend Lecrae said the exact same thing. They say, you guys don't understand what it's like in the context of 2016 America to be a black man. And when we say Black Lives Matter, we're saying, we want you to speak up and say there is a mistreatment of us as a rule. And um, that doesn't mean that every white person treats black people poorly. It certainly doesn't mean every police officer treats black people poorly. But what they're saying is, hey, we got to pay attention here. Something is going on that, uh, that we need to address. You know, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier today. You asked me about the difference between racism and prejudice, right? So the word prejudice is pretty simple. It means prejudging. And, um, and so it's never good to prejudge somebody, but at the same time, discernment, okay, is really important. We are given the ability to discern. The problem is, is when somebody uh, has uh, perpetrated a lot of crimes that happens to be of color or uh, has a certain um, fashion or, or hairstyle, when other people look at them, they go, hey, people of that fashion, that hairstyle, that color have treated me that way before. And so they do have a, a, a response that puts them a bit on the defensive and they don't treat them the same, okay? And, and um, some of that is human. But we have to say in the midst of that is I am dealing with a human and while I appropriately 
uh, am discerning, I've got to remember that I am dealing with a fellow human being. And I think what the Black Lives Matter is, people are saying is people are not treating black folks like fellow human beings in the same way that I would say we're not treating children in the womb like human beings. And so when I say unborn children matter, I'm not saying that all lives don't matter. And our friends in the Black Lives Matter movement aren't saying that white people don't matter. What they're saying is, do you guys see what we're going through? Do you have any empathy? And silence in the midst of sin is a sin. And all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And we want you guys to understand our situation. We need you to step into our context and relate to us. And I think we need to do that. One last thing. You know, when Jesus in Mark chapter 11, and Micah made this observation, I thought it was brilliant. When Jesus in Mark chapter 11 went and flipped the tables in the temple courts, and what he said is, my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations, okay? But you've made it a robber's den. What Jesus was really doing right here is he was not saying, I'm mad at Jews, okay, or that um, non-Israeli lives matter. What he, what he was saying is, hey, you guys are doing something prohibitively against letting all nations worship here because you're saying only the certain kind of money can be used to offer sacrifices to me. And my house was a house of prayer for all nations. And part of what Jesus was doing right there is saying, hey guys, you don't know, you, you don't realize this. I care about all nations, okay? And when you exploit them or treat them differently and make them pay a tax on their money so they can offer uh, a service to me, you're not valuing people the way I want you to value people. And so in a sense, Jesus was contextualizing uh, certain races, nations of people, saying there's injustice here. And I would just say when we see injustice, it's ours to speak up about, not when we only see injustice that affects us. That's what I think the Black Lives Matter movement is trying to help us understand. Are there people that are doing it poorly? Certainly. Okay? But uh, let's draw a circle around ourselves and deal with what we're doing poorly. And uh, let's make sure that we let people know we think you matter and we understand why you as a person of color, or feeling like you're more vulnerable than maybe I do as a white person. One quick follow-up question. So as a, as a white Christian, yeah. how can, what, what can I do? What do you think we can do? I mean, obviously pray, but, but more than pray, what do you think we can do? Any thoughts, any suggestions? Yeah, love, have friendships. You know, one of the first things I did last night when uh, some of the chaos happened in the city we live in in Dallas is, you know, I reached out to some of my friends in the African-American community, and I just said, how can I serve you? What do I need to do? You know, uh, and, and, you know, I, I tried to identify. I mean, I watched some of the videos that the Black Lives people were putting out there. What are they saying? What do I need to hear? And so uh, you mourn with those who mourn. And, um, and you weep with those who weep. And you identify with their pain. Uh, you remind them of truth, but you also expose yourself to truth and perspective that you may not naturally innately carry. Good stuff. All right. Well, listen, we hope this is helpful. We'll put an email address down there at the bottom. If we can pray for you or help, if you're in Dallas, we can sit down and connect with you in any way. We'd love to do that. And uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.